0: This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources,
1: please go to ctfboulder.com.
2: Welcome everybody here, and that's online. We will continue now and finish up our next three lessons uh, thanks for coming back, and thanks for listening to us. The next three are going to be inner vows, bitter root judgments, soul ties, and a trauma prayer. So they're very pivotal. And if you have questions, and we're going to repeat this again, please see a service or contact Christy to contact me or whatever because it will get a little deep. And we again, remember, these are going to be tools that you can use for the future. So please reach out to us if you need help at all. Thank
0: you so let's open with prayer, Heavenly Father, we're overwhelmed by your your goodness. We thank you for the opportunity to for Pam and myself to come and share this this message with you it's It's meant so much in our own lives, and i'm just I'm thankful for the opportunity to share it. I just ask you to bless each person here, bless them with a, a surrendered spirit that your spirit might take hold and uh, just reveal to each one to here tonight what you want to reveal specifically to, to each person. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so these teachings tonight, first and foremost, this is very important. Yeah, they're, they're teachings and they're tools and they're, and they're stuff that can be applied to each of our lives. The, the first point that I want to make is don't try to learn it. <laughs> because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the work. It's Holy Spirit's job. And the more we strive to, to take this and run with it, the probably the less effective it's going to be. So I'll just ask all of us, just take a deep breath and rest and just let the Lord work. Holy Spirit, come. Okay. So we're going to start with what we call inner vows. In biblical terms, a vow is a sacred obligation or a promise made to God. It's not necessarily a sin to vow or not to vow. But if such a vow is made, it is binding. Vows made at baptism, confirmation, commissioning, marriage, and religious vows And you can find the scriptural references for all those. The word swear means to vow, to promise, to affirm, or to confess. Unless vows are inspired by the Holy Spirit, they can produce great harm in our lives. Vows made in childhood, often long forgotten, are the most harmful and often have far-reaching and devastating effects on individuals throughout their lives.
2: We have to go back to our lesson where we studied the spirit, soul, and our heart. Because that's what you're going to have to be listening to, is only your spirit. You, you will never be able to understand these vows if you're listening to your soul. So, inner vow is a determination set by the mind and heart into all the being is early, life and often forgotten. They are good and helpful ones as well as destructive ones. And we all have destructive ones. There's not anyone out there does not. And you're not going to know when you made these vows. You're going to have to again. I'm going to be repeating yourself. You allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it. And He, our Lord, is so gentle. He will just do little at a time. And when you hear fill another trigger oh, I need to maybe look at a vow or one of these other prayers and he'll reveal something else. It's not all going to come out at once. Believe me, I tried. (sighs) I just told my counselor, I said, just tell me what to say and I'll do it and be done with. Okay, it doesn't work that way. There are good and helpful ones as well as destructive ones. They resist the normal, mature... Maturation process. Maturation process. Sorry, even the good ones need to be released. They are one aspect of a stony heart, a defense mechanism we believe will protect us from hurt, but which keeps us distanced from others. However, they act as a directives controlling our responses to situation and people around us. If a vow is made. To oneself, whether good or bad, that person comes under bondage to the vow. The will is programmed to an ordained pattern of behavior and thought and to associated demonic influence. And this scripture so, I love this. My mother gave me this scripture when she gave me my Bible many, many years ago. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart a stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm, I'm just going to use an example here because I think that's a little confusing. Um, I was abused. We've talked about that before. My father molested me. And at those young ages, I took on a vow or I told myself, no one will ever hurt me like that ever again. Well, that protected that broken piece inside of me. And with everything that's gone on in my life, my childhood and even adult life, I made many of those vows. And every time a vow like that is made, normally you'll take on a personality or you'll, in my case, I would just get angry. You try to get close to me, I just get angry. But if you try to help me, I, back away, or I take on another personality to protect this heart. Well, Jesus didn't make us that way, you guys. And honestly, he wants to set us so free. He wants to set us free from those. And he's going to be there to protect us. If you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart and mind, there's no fear in going and listening to some of these vows that you made. He just wants to save you. So you are free.
0: So inner vows, we've all got them. We've all made them. Inner vows are outgrowths of hearts of stone. Inner vows made by determinations or directives in the mind and heart in the early years can be more powerful than bitter rude judgments, which we're going to talk about later. Inner vows can be obstructions in our nature that restrict our feelings and actions by limiting our freedom in God. They may even obstruct physical development. Okay, so what are we talking about? We need some examples, okay? Here's some examples of inner vows. I will never grow up. I will never get angry like my dad did. I'll get mom back for doing that. I will always respect women. I will never allow that in my house. When I become a parent, I'll never, and a lot of times these <laughs> the word never is a big part of them. I will never, you know, fill in the blank, be like my mom, be like my dad. I'll never be fat. I'll never exercise.
2: I'll never be able to speak in public. That was one I had. All these lead up. And we'll have prayers at the end tonight, but I like that I'll never be fat, because all of us worry about our weight, and that is a vow we make. A lot of us, not all of us.
0: (laughs) Inner vows are very powerful when made in childhood during the formative years, because they're often forgotten, and thus have more power due to their unconscious and hidden nature. Because of this, they're often difficult to identify. If you remember way back when we did the first (laughs) few uh, studies in this in this whole thing, we talked about how our minds can get programmed. You know, remember the example of uh, a pickup truck on a dirt road that's got ruts in it. If, If that same truck goes down that same road every day, eventually you don't even need to touch the steering wheel it's just going to go there so you, it's it's like our minds work that way they get programmed so that we it makes it easier to not have to think about this decision or that decision we've got the we've got the vow we've got the rule if this then this but we're more than that we're not computers we don't do if then statements at least we shouldn't so often we have defensive habitual flight mechanisms in other words if this happens I'm out of here automatic anger like Pam was talking about bitter root expectations that's one we'll talk a little bit more about later but uh, when we expect things that's a lot of times, that's what happens because, because we, we make it happen because that's what we. Uh, I'm not saying this right. <laughs> we have an expectation of a certain outcome. We're going to subconsciously make that outcome happen, even though it's not healthy.
2: My mom always had expectations of how I did something, how I dressed, how I went to school. Well. Those aren't Jesus' expectation of me and my identity, but I took them all on. And I still today, if, you re- if I'm with somebody and they repeat themselves many times, I still go crazy. And it, it's a vow I still have to work with, and I know that. And I try to calm myself and go back and, you know, Jim and I are here to learn too. And that one's came up for me quite a bit. Well, literally, if my mom said something once and I didn't get it the second time, she had her belt and I was whipped. So, I'll give you another example. I'm in gym class and we have, I'm a personal trainer and we have four girls. All right. Our trainer starts and he tells us exactly what we're going to do. We have four things in a row we usually do. All right. I got it. First time. I have it. Second girl says, no, how many reps are we doing this? What are we doing? How do we do it again? Third girl, five minutes later, what are we doing again? What are we doing again? Well, it shouldn't matter in my heart, but I literally, I finally say, ladies, could you just listen the first time? But that isn't, that's not changing them, okay? I mean, it's, it's about me. So I need to just have the patience because that is their issues too. So it, that has been a real hard one for me. So I kind of told you a little bit I need to work on. Yeah, it's it good.
0: Yeah. Well, finally, anxiety and fears, and uh, quite honestly, that's that's at the root of most of these. In order to avoid pain, this is this is how I'm going to respond in this situation, or or when I hear this word, or when such and such happens. Okay. Romans two one says, when we judge others and vow never to do what they did, the vow often works in reverse. Yikes. Yeah, you can go on. Okay. Those people and for whom that works in reverse, or on a dark spiral downward. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground where you can point your finger at others, think again. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done.
2: Intervals are harmful even when they appear to be good. I'll be gentle with a woman just like dad. I'll never drink or smoke. Well, some of those could be fine, but if it's an abusive situation, or you saw your mother or father drink too much, you know, I'll never drink or smoke again. This goes into bitter root judgments a lot. You're going to. If you've judged that person, or if you said these words of any type of judgment, it's going to come right back on you. And we're going to get more into that a little later on. Questions of Christians taking oaths and vows. The follower of Christ does not need to swear by God's name, but simply speak the truth. Jesus forbids oaths, Matthew five thirty three. Again, you have heard that it was said, those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great God, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for wh- whoever is more than is that, <laughs> for whoever is more that is that this is from the evil one.
0: Okay, so that's the thing about inner vowels they backfire. Intervals are misguided attempts to avoid repeating behaviors or behaviors that we reject or dislike in others or to avoid situations that we hate or fear, such as, I'll never speak in public again, or I'll never become a drunk like my father. They can be a way of trying to break generational patterns and or correct our behavior, but in our own strength. But that bitter root... Judgment binds us to that pattern, and the vow inadvertently puts all the burden of transformation on self instead of upon the Lord. And there's the problem. And therefore, blocks the one who vowed from being able to receive the grace, God's help, needed to overcome the behavior. Inner vows, like outer vows, are very binding, as the scriptures reveal. Deuteronomy 23, 21 to 23 says, When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. But if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be sin to you. That which has gone from your lips, you shall keep and perform. For you voluntarily vowed to the Lord, your God, what you have promised with your mouth.
2: Yeah, I was sitting here thinking, remember we spent the first two weeks talking about who Jesus is and our identity and our DNA? This is a perfect example. Because if you're sitting there saying, I can't do this or I can't do that, aren't you exalting yourself about God? You know, and we can't do that. We all know that. We've all, of course, because of our past and how we were raised, we thought that was okay. But it isn't. Our DNA is Christ. And we know all his attributes and how beautiful and wonderful he is. So when we start saying these things and working through them and realize that you made them, just remember Christ wants to take it. You know, it's it's we have his DNA. Our identity is his. Are we perfect? No. But we can work towards that so we can help other people. You know, this isn't just about ourselves. We want to get out there and help other people. You know, I when we did the jail ministry, these prayers were amazing to help these ladies to understand what is going on and why they're acting out and they don't know why they're acting out. I mean, literally, I did not dig into this I tried and I've read a lot of books. I think I've told you guys this. physical. I mean, I had um, secular and Christian counseling, but when I hit my husband, I hit Jim, and he says, this isn't okay. It woke me up like a light bulb. I knew I had to start taking care of me and finding out why in the world I was so angry, why I had the temper, why controlled. I mean, I was the best manipulator and controller you could ever meet. And then I had the sad point. Have you ever heard about what is a gaslighting? Angie and I were talking about this today. Well, I turned it on him. I made him look terrible. Of course, Jim's personality, it was hard. But he finally stood up, and that's when I really started digging.
0: So Psalms 56.12 says this, Vows made to you, Are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. A lot about vows in the Bible. Ecclesiastes 5 4 and 5 says, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. So discernment and recollection are needed. The only difficult part to breaking inner vows is realizing where we've made them. Ask the Lord for discernment and recollection. Discernment, because there are vows that we have made, that we may have made, as free will offerings to Him. These will be we would be wise to keep. Recollection, because there may be other vows that the enemy used. To bring us into agreement with his plans for our life that have been hidden by him in our forgetfulness. These the father disallows if we renounce them.
2: Okay, let me see it for a minute.
0: We're going to, since we're
2: online, we're going to go ahead and do the, we're going to wait on the prayers to the end and then in our online to do that. But I want to know if there's any questions so far coming up for anybody that they'd like to ask. Oh, well, good. <laughs> They're just thinking it, not telling us. Oh, yeah. If you're online, just type it in the chat place, and we'll answer it for you. Or see us on Sunday, too. There's a lot of pondering in this, too. I mean, when you your dreams tonight may express something that you didn't even know. If you're having dreams, you need to come to Christy, Lane, me, Jim's real good at it, and we will help you walk through your dreams because that means God's trying to show you something or get a Bible scripture or you just see a plate that reads something. And you don't know what it means. Everything out there is something. So just come talk to us about it. You can start judgments.
0: Oh. So we're going to do this one first? Yeah. No. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. We're going to move on a little bit what we call bitter root judgments there's uh, it's very closely related to vows and I think you'll see how that works as we move on here so what is a judgment or a bitter root judgment John 5 19 to 24 says then Jesus answered and said to them most assuredly I say to you the son can do nothing of himself But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one. But has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Again, Pam was talking about before, the when we make a vow on our own, when we judge on our own, we're exalting ourselves. We're playing God. That's dangerous. John 5.30 says, I can't of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge And my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And we're not going to go through all this uh, expanded definition, but krino is the Greek word for judge in this passage. It means all the things you think (laughs) of when you think of passing judgment, but uh, it has to do with determining an outcome, determining uh, an opinion, resolving. The Just... best
2: way is my teaching, you guys are learning by now, is example. So, I'll never be like my mother. I became my mother. I never get angry. I got angry. I never have a fear like my mother did. I had an affair with a married man. Just things like over and over again. And I literally judged my mom so severely, I became it. Another good one is, I'll never marry an alcoholic. You know what happens? You will marry an alcoholic. And if you haven't broke that judgment, you'll marry another alcoholic. And if you hadn't broke that judgment, if you married someone who wasn't alcohol, alcoholic, they will become an alcoholic. Abortions, we've talked about, is the same way. It runs, because I'll never abort, your mother or grandmother, I'll never abort, you abort. It's just, we lose generations because judgments have affected so many people with abortion. It just goes in line. Jim's ex-wife had an abortion. His daughter had an abortion. He has two boys, so we'll see now. She has two boys. But you are you getting what I'm telling you how it works? And then what is the Counselors always did the weights? The you know, the weight everything always goes down. The oh I'll think of it. Think okay. Of it. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay, go ahead. Okay.
0: In this next section it talks about Croesus. Croesus is the Greek word for judgment. It means separating, sundering, separation. A trial, selection, judgment, etc. Justice and injustice, right or wrong, Condem- a sentence of condemnation. Well, God has given all judgment over to Jesus. And Jesus does not judge by what he sees in the natural realm, by what he sees or what he hears. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> he judges by what he hears the Father say. He knows his judgment is true because he does not seek his own will but the will of the Father. This is the key to understanding judgment. Isaiah 11 says, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. There's the gravity. Remember the gravity?
2: No, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right, I'll do it. The forming of bitter root judgments occurs when we are very young, when we are in a limited wisdom and understanding, judge others. A root is an underground structure that supplies nurture and the support for life. We all have roots that are formed very early in life from which we learn to draw our support and substance. Whoever raised you, you know, they're not perfect. We love them. They may not have raised us correctly. You may have one of those great parents that did, though, and I'm very thankful for that. Very, very thankful. We develop a root system from our responses to life experiences. Uh, I'll give you another example with Jim. Since his family was Catholic, they kept everything to themselves. They didn't talk about anything. We dated for three years. I still remember two years in being out on the deck. And I still can't get an answer out of him. It would take forever. He thought, in his family, they thought I was just nosy, which I probably was a little bit. But But Jim has had to learn to, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay, because that's being compassionate to somebody and reaching into their hearts. You talk to his sister to this day, she still will not ask a question or doesn't want to know anything because that's how he was raised. So it goes both ways. He did have some errors too, some faults too, you guys. (laughs) If we are loved and nurtured and valued, that root system will have a lot of good roots from which we have learned to draw our nurture and substance. If we haven't had the love and nurture then we will have a lot of negative root structures from which we draw our substance. Our responses to these experience determine the group growth of our root system. This is why it's so important to teach your children now. They need these root systems. I didn't have them. I mean, he had law, but that didn't help him a lot. We have to, be on our young ones right now because they will know what is right and wrong. If someone had just taught me the love of Jesus, that I could turn to Jesus and not to man and a whole bunch of other things, you know, so please start really talking to your children. When we judge in our own will with natural eyes and understanding, we will reap from that judgment. Bitter root judgments are false And erroneous judgments about God, ourselves, and others, they greatly hinder us moving in alignment with the truth, since they darken the lens from which we see and keep us from reaping from them in negative ways.
0: The important thing to understand here is. When we judge, as it says in scripture, that judgment is going to come back on us. It's inevitable. It will. Again, if we have been nurtured and cared for by loving parents and we learn to draw love and healthy support to our hearts, and we learn to trust. To the extent that we did not have love and nurture, and God's light, when we were raised, we may develop roots that are not healthy. And we learn to draw mistrust and harm to ourselves and to others and hinder our true knowledge of God. Bitter roots are formed in this way. Bitter root judgments occur when we make conclusions about other people's heart motivation that is negative when we were growing up in our diverse environments. A bitter root judgment is when we are drawing or reaping from a judgment we made when we were very young, and it has skewed our perceptions. Most of the time, they are hidden or forgotten, but we can see their fruit. Matthew 7, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We often will create
2: a way to draw nurture to ourselves through the circumstances and veils, lens, that we have grown up on. We've talked about it. For example, if we have learned that the only way we can receive attention is through someone yelling and screaming, this is the veil and lens you are formed growing up. And this root will draw, you from, draw from what you believe in your heart. That's so true, you guys. Oh my gosh. You guys have to go back through these notes. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of things here. And you may be sitting here thinking, "Oh my gosh, I have a lot of this. What am I supposed to do?" Don't think don't think bad here at all, okay? It's a process. God loves you so much. You know, you you can't he doesn't see wrong in you guys, okay? Or me. So just let it process. You may not even come up with anything tonight that you're ready to share. And that's okay. Just keep going back. It, particularly if you get triggered with something or your husband and wife, I always use that, you get super mad and you don't know why you're mad and you're sitting there thinking, why well, why did he say that? You know, well, it's not that he said something wrong. It's because I had a bad root system and I needed to find out what is in that root system. My veils were not correct. My lens was not correct.
0: I think the the technical term for that is a trigger. (laughs) (laughs) One word can be a trigger. Boom.
2: That's true. Very, very true. Sometimes I didn't talk to Jim for two weeks because I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't understand why he's not changing. I couldn't understand why he didn't understand what I was telling me. He couldn't understand because... He had his own things of not being able to communicate or even listen. I mean, he never had the opportunity. And I'm sitting just yelling at him. It's like, did you not hear what I say? I'll give you a perfect example. Probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. Okay. (laughs) Um, When Jim's out working all day and he can call me anytime if he's not with a client, I never understood why he couldn't check in with me. It's like something very simple in my heart. I just want you to check in with me, honey. You don't say hello to me. I'd like to talk to you. You are important to me that I want to know how your day's going as well as my day is going. Well, he didn't understand it at all. He's trying to think, well, why do I have to call you all the time? You shouldn't tell me when to call. You know, this one went on for quite a while, you guys. It really did. And and then he he listens to me. He's trying very, very hard. He sets an alarm on his phone to make sure he remembers to call me. Okay? That course didn't go over very well either with me. So it was a no-end situation both ways. We had to find out why I was that way, why I needed that much attention, and he under- had to understand the compassion piece that was in me and that he couldn't understand. I thought that much of him. I wanted to hear from him. This is a common one, I think, in marriages. I think it's just communication differences. So that's a pretty fun one. Where are we? Oh, Romans 8.2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. That's what we're working on. I'm not going to read all these because I've been jabbering too much, but for in Christ, we get to give him all our bells and our root systems. Are you guys ready to do that and receive a new lens that gives us clarity on how he sees it and What is true in the new root system that draws from his heart and draws true love, not a distorted version of love, but true love from God's heart? How do we do this then? We pray and we confess our distorted views and our distorted ways of drawing things to us. Because of those roots and ask God's view and he will give it to you. Oh, this will be under the tree of life and the spirit and not from the tree of knowledge.
0: That's huge. Yeah. That's very important. The tree of life and of the spirit, not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We all remember what happened with that, right? 2 Corinthians 3 says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Free will. The cross set us free from being slaves to sin. Jesus took it all upon himself for our freedom. We get to choose anew now. We can choose what we believe, who we follow, and how we live. John 8.32 And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 8.34 Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Galatians 5.1 It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery you detect a common theme in all those? Freedom. Okay? When we we judge or when we make vows, we're we're constricting our freedom. The freedom that, that Jesus died on the cross for. I don't want to do that. I just don't. So this is one that I'm an expert at. White knuckling. When, believe, when we believe that performance is required for our acceptance or our belonging, then we can fall into striving. And the, the, the metaphor there is white knuckling. In other words, yeah. holding on so tight that your, your knuckles turn white. Yeah. That's how I lived a lot of years. Trying to earn something, but hey, wait a minute. It's already ours. When we do this... It's as if things depend on us, and it's on our shoulders to make things happen. We go through life white-knuckling every situation as if it depended on us being smart and skilled enough to achieve whatever goal we have. This is in direct conflict with trusting God to create fruit as we rest in Him and obey Him.
2: I think we're to the prayers. Oh, rest. When in our hearts we know that our fruitfulness comes from God and Him alone, then we can relax and our heart will trust. Rest is not an activity but a heart condition. I think someone said on Sunday it's not staring at the TV. Rest is rest in God and in Scripture. Rest happens when we know who our source is and whom and who... And who we depend upon. Rest happens when we cease from our own works and rely on his works. Hebrews 4 10. For he who has entered in his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Okay, we're gonna break up, but before we break up, I wanna I wanna make sure in these prayers you're gonna recognize the vow, you're gonna recognize the judgment that you spoke over somebody and then, or you made about about your own self. That's very true, yeah. And then the prayer in both prayers, it's going to ask you to forgive that person. Okay, I know I've told you this before. I had a very hard time forgiving my mother. So if there's a situation in here you are not comfortable with and you are not ready to forgive that person, then we need to process that. We need to ask the Lord, to soften your heart or help you with that. There is instances that we think we've forgiven, okay? For in my flesh, I guarantee you, I forgave my mother. But that little girl that was severely hurt, she wasn't ready to forgive my mom. So there's a big difference there, you guys. This is the soul spirit thing we were talking about. There is, goes back to the soul ties. I meant oh, the, the, the vows. Goes back there, is that you made these when you were young. The judgments in both. So let the Lord show you what those are. And when we break up the groups, we're going to do both prayers. We'll do the vows first, and then we'll do the judgments. This is a snuff Christy's going to help lead a group too, so we can, I want it more intimate. If you do not want to share, that is perfectly fine. Again, no crosstalk in the meeting, in our little groups. You just sit quietly. We, this time we'll do them individually versus everybody say the prayer, okay? It's, I think it's a little more personal, this one is. It's more individual. The other one was more general. So is there questions on anybody? Yeah, okay. Just tell me what the question is. Yeah, oh, yeah, what, what's your question? Oh, okay, she goes. So okay, i far back, we gotta get to see, you know? Oh,
1: okay. um, so my question, so you guys talked about how, and in my mind, I don't know why I just made the connection of sowing and reaping. It's like, you know, if you're judging and judging, you just reap that right back on it. How you're saying like, you know, when you judge people and others, it actually comes right back onto you. But my question was, and you even mentioned right there at the end, like sometimes we have to forgive ourselves, or we've made a judgment against our own selves. Like, is so if you judge others and it comes back onto you, but what happens when you judge yourself? Like, does that like multiply or like, like what's the difference? You know, like does that understand? Does that make sense? <laughs> I've never been asked that question. You know, yeah. it's like if you judge others and it comes back onto you. And then you judge yourself. Okay.
0: Let's,
2: I think. let's go back into the vow situation, because I don't think you're judging yourself, okay? I think you made a vow, so therefore you have become a perfectionist, okay? Uh, if you, have your parents ma- made sure you were doing great in school, okay? And you want to do great in school, and you did A++++, you know, and... Uh, they used an example in one of these is that, and I hope I can identify this correctly, is this young lady did excellent work, okay? But nobody liked her. So she made a vow that she'll never be a perfectionist again. So that's where that would come in, in my opinion. I mean, I may, may have, need help and we need pray into it. But you've made that vow, so therefore you have judged yourself you know, I think breaking the vow, well, you'll act accordingly to that. Does that resonate with you, Christy? Okay. So I think the, the vows have to come first before the judgment. The judgment is like you drop a rock, where does it automatically go? It goes down, right? Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Okay. And I'll pray over it while I'm gone, you know, till Sunday and see if there's something else.
0: One important little thing that just occurred to me. It's important to remember too that, okay, we've said several times now, when we make a vow or when we have made a vow, more often than not, it comes from very early on as as children. Okay, let's let's do the math here. We're young children. We live in a fallen world. We're going to make choices. We're going to try to control our environment to cope as best we can. And I guess my point is, if, if you made a vow as a young child, it's, it's not evil, it's not a sin necessarily, you know? It's, it's what you did to cope, to survive, to, to, to um, not be in pain anymore, Okay?
2: Is this making sense, you guys? Is there more questions? Is there anybody online, questions? Okay, we're going to say a prayer and then break up. And again, if you do not want to be in a group, that's perfectly fine. You know, let's just get together and pray. I don't think we'll hold hands this week, though. (laughs) So, Lord, we just thank you. We praise your name, Lord. Lord, I'm just in awe that you use us when we're weak, when we don't know what we're doing. We don't feel like doing it, but you still use us. You give us the strength that we need to get through everything. Lord, I just pray a covering over everyone here and online as they process through these prayers all fear, shame, be gone in control, be gone in the name of Jesus, Lord, that their hearts would be open. They start removing the veils of their eyes so they can see clearly and to see you more clearly, Lord. We ask for a revelation tonight. We ask the Holy Spirit speak to each one of us and relay what you want us to learn, not hard knuckle, but what you want us to learn. And I also, this is off the subject, but I also do pray for Taylor tomorrow. She's getting induced, Lord. And I just pray a blessing upon her, quick arrival of the baby, blood of Jesus upon all the all the doctors, the nurses in every situation, Lord. And we look in excitement for this daughter, in Jesus' name, amen.